0: the sportsman's nation is a two percent for conservation certified business this means that we donate one percent of our time and one percent of our revenue to conservation if you want to find out how you or your business can get certified or learn more about the organization visit fishandwildlife.org.
1: what's up guys my name is parker mcdonald and i'm your host and you are listening to the southern ground hunting podcast What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. I'm your host, Parker McDonald, and we've got a great episode for you today with my buddy Jordan Pope. Jordan has uh, had a good amount of success turkey hunting this season, and uh, it's not for uh, for lack of effort. He has put in the time and the miles on his boots and uh, has, has really done a great job. And what we talked about today is just that, just how much time and how much how important it is to keep going every single day and every or I guess every day that you have the opportunity to go and spending as much time in the woods as you possibly can because that is a lot of times the like winning factor for killing turkeys consistently is just keep going even when it's hard even when you're not hearing turkeys gobble keep going and so We're going to talk a little bit about that, and you're going to get to hear some of his uh, strategies going into this season. But before we do that, I want to remind you really quick to go and check out screegear.com. You can use the code SOUTHERNGROUND, and that will save you a little bit on your order. they got a new pattern out. They've got a lot of stuff on sale, and uh, we love our scree. Um, You can also check out newcanoe.com for all your kayak needs, tetherednation.com for saddle hunting equipment, and... Our newest addition to the uh, the partnership team is uh, Spartan Forge. You can go to SpartanForge.ai and use the code SouthernGround, and that will save you 25 on uh, on your membership there. And what you pay right now is what you'll pay forever. These guys have got some really cool stuff coming in the future, in the near future, that I think you're gonna wanna you're gonna wanna check out. Um, but you can learn more by visiting SpartanForge.ai. So that being said, let's get into this episode with my buddy Jordan Pope. All right, y'all, welcome back to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. I've got my buddy Jordan Pope from uh, northern, we'll say northern Alabama so we don't give a whole lot of stuff away. Um, But Jordan is a uh, return guest. He came on last turkey season, uh, killed like three or four turkeys in like three or four days. And uh it was a tough season, but he managed to get it get it done right there at the end. And this year is kind of going the exact opposite. so I, I wanted to get him on the show again so we could so we could talk about it a little bit. So Jordan, how's it going up there in your neck of the woods? What's
2: up, man? It's uh
1: it's going. It's getting started slowly, but it's
2: it's starting to pick up a little bit.
1: It's funny how we how we say that. like oh you know, it's getting slow. People see your posts and stuff on social media, and they don't realize how how many times you've been in the woods with uneventful hunts to make up for those two. I, I guess you've killed, you killed two, right, this season so far? Yeah. So you've yeah, killed two birds so far. Two birds so far. We're about, uh, what, two weeks? I guess we're two weeks into the season, and a lot of people haven't killed anything. Um, and so they're like, man, must be nice. You know, I wish I could kill two birds in one season. And you're over here like, you don't know how much time and effort went into those two birds (laughs) to kill those two. Um, yeah, but, but you're, you're, you're crushing it, man. You're, you're well on your way to, uh, being able to tag out hopefully, but you actually had a good day today, right? Like you, you killed one an hour after me and you got off the phone this afternoon Oh, yeah,
2: and that just tells you, you know, how you can be down on yourself and kind of be having a game plan, and it's kind of falling apart, and everything just changed in a split second when turkey hunting.
1: Dude, it is. It's just like turkey hunting to do that to you, when you're like, I literally have had days where, well, um, two weeks ago, I guess, or a week and a half ago, when I was, uh, when I was up there in the place, the other place that we won't mention, where I killed the two turkeys at, um that that morning started out slow, man. I was like, I I should probably just go ahead and go home. Then I ran into two other hunters and then I was really like, Yeah, I'm just gonna turn around and go go home when we get done talking And I ended up killing a turkey that day. After all that, you know, it's just like it can literally change in a split second. And uh that's what it did for you. I know if you're if you're anything like me, Jordan, it's it's like one of those things where uh, I'm I'm not going to say that I'm a good turkey hunter. I just go a lot, and I keep going, even when everything is – when I've had – if I've had seven days where I haven't heard anything, that eighth day, I'm still probably going to go if I can. Is you, are you kind of similar?
2: Oh, absolutely.
1: Uh, I 100% chase
2: getting there and the sun coming up and hearing gobbles. That's 100% what I do it for.
1: Yeah. I mean, and for me, like the majority of the time. So you you came you came down to my neck of the woods today and the last several days, and uh, it's been pretty tough hunting. I know I've I've talked about it a little bit. I have I really haven't spent much time in my in my core areas this turkey season just because the water levels are up. All the places that I know of that have turkeys that I know well, I can't get into them because the everything's closed. Uh, There's no way for me to get into the, into those areas. So, um, I've been traveling a lot more, just driving further distances to get into turkeys and going to new places. And that that's worked pretty well, but out there where, where I hunt most of the time and where you hunted at the last several days, it's one of those things where, I mean, the likelihood that you're going to go in and actually find a gobbling turkey, whether it be on the limb or anything. Are pretty low I mean statistically I don't even hear a lot of gobbles on the limb like I mean last year my stats were probably oh geez if I had to put a percentage on it it would be maybe like five percent of the time I actually heard a gobble while I was hunting um and I get there you know at dark you know I'm, I'm there in the dark paddling in and listening and trying to find turkeys gobbling and I'd say about 5% of the time I actually hear gobbles but that 5% of the time is uh, when I hear a gobble out there I typically can either come really close to killing it or kill it Um, would you say you're you're very similar to that
2: down there
1: no (laughs) I've been pretty fortunate
2: (laughs) I've been pretty fortunate to hear birds, you know, and they've done decently on the limb, you know, but as soon as they hit the ground, they're ghosts, man. And there was one day where I knew I was in birds and absolutely nothing. I mean, I was there for four hours and absolutely nothing. But every other day, it's just been like, you know, I'm around birds. I'm all right. I'm settling in. And, you know, I'm pretty used to, if I can get around birds, I can get close to birds and I can have a decent encounter or kill. And it has not been that way. It's literally been like, man, maybe I'm a bad turkey hunter. <laughs> yeah.
1: I get that way too, man. I, I had a, I had an encounter yesterday. So like I said, I've been driving around just driving far distances just to get into turkeys gobbling. So I went yesterday up to Tennessee and uh, dude, seriously had one of the best hunts of my life. And I didn't kill anything, but dude, I'll bet you. People don't think I'm stupid, crazy for saying this, uh, but I'll bet you. I heard twenty birds gobble as soon as I turned the boat motor off. They were just gobbling everywhere, like literally every hundred yards. There was a turkey gobbling, and uh, and I had. It, it's one of those things, just like what you said. If if you've got some type of reference point. To go by, you can get pretty close. And I should have—I should have I killed Turkey yesterday. I had a, I had one shot opportunity at forty yards, but I thought he would get closer, and I didn't take it, and uh, he didn't get closer. So, I mean, I had my bead on him. His neck was fully stretched out. I could see his—I see all the red. It seemed like going all the way down his neck, like that. He was dead to rights. If I was, uh, there's not been a lot of these situations where. The camera is what saved an animal's life, but the camera saved his life because I thought, finally, finally, I've got a turkey coming in on a string. I don't have to crawl on him. I can get excellent footage of this bird. He's going to come in right right here to 15 yards, and I'm going to kill him right there, center screen on the camera, and uh, that's not what happened. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but, but when you have that reference point like that, and you've got a turkey that is gobbling good you can get close you can you know come up with game plans it's it's really discouraging man I'm sure you I'm sure you dealt with this the last several days and and from what I understand a lot of your hunts this year and last year it's discouraging going out and trying to be persistent but not even having a starting point on these turkeys like you're just kind of just walking around you don't you don't have anything to go by, you know, and so it it ends up being just a lot of hiking, and a lot of walking. Um, I know last year was it was that pretty typical for you last year. I know it was a tough season um, as far as the beginning of the season, but once once we got to that last week, you you crushed it pretty hard. But were you even hearing gobbles then? And then also with this season, other than the days that you've killed, have you have you heard a lot of gobbling action just in general?
2: Uh, Last year, probably the first two weeks, maybe week and a half, and I think I had only hunted like probably three days because of work, the birds gobbled pretty good. But you could tell they were hinned up bad. They would gobble good on the limb. They'd get on the ground, they'd gobble a little bit, and they were done. Mm -hmm. And then once that really set in of everybody being everywhere, they shut up you couldn't get hear a bird gobble. I mean you would might hear a bird free gobble somewhere but that was about it really you know and in some of those places like I knew I was in pockets of birds but it was just so tough like trying to figure out all right you know where are they going to get where are they going to be headed to how can I get close enough you know and that's when Coming in in the afternoon, where there's not trucks driving around everywhere, and being able to just listen and hear birds just do their thing naturally without gobbling really aided me in being able to get close to those birds.
1: Explain that. Explain but, what you mean. What you mean by not gobbling, but being able to to still hear them and get on them.
2: So the way that that management set up, it's got a lot of like gravel roadways and dirt roadways through it. So instead of me driving down the gravel, which I felt like was putting a lot of pressure on the birds and, you know, the I feel like the quieter the woods are, the better a turkey acts.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
2: just anything abnormal to them for the rest of the year and leading up to the season, it's all of a sudden, boom, they start hearing all this noise. They don't want to act the same.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I just stopped giving them as much noise as i could i just started walking in areas where i knew that birds would hold up in the afternoons and you would just hear them scratching clucking and just doing their thing naturally and there was one bird that he actually did gobble in the afternoon but the other ones i would just squeeze as tight as i could and most of the time they were close to a creek i would squeeze as tight as i could in try to get like 70 80 yards 60 yards and just soft call to them, and they would slide by and check me out.
1: Hmm. That's and uh... it's it's not what you
2: want you know you want that bird gobbling and running in, but you know it's what you got to take sometimes.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously everybody wants to hear that gobble. Everybody wants every, elk hunters want to hear an elk bugle, you know. But whenever it whenever it comes down to it, like you're there to kill an animal or to to hunt an animal, and sometimes the hunt is, I mean, in my opinion, here, here's my, just my opinion of everything, the harder, the, the, the harder hunts are the ones where you have to crawl on them, or do what you're doing, and what you talked about, and try to sneak in real close, because you hear them making those natural noises, sneak in real close, and and actually come up with a strategy. It's relatively easy on a gobbling turkey to, you know, get on him and call him in. I'm not, it's not easy, but it's, it's a lot less thinking that you have to do. You know, you just, you set up, find a spot, set up and call. And if he's coming, if he's, if he's lonely and he's willing and he's coming, you just sit there and wait for him to come. It's more fun, but it's, it's, it's a, I mean, it's, it's kind of textbook, but Whenever it comes to really strategizing, how am I going to crawl on this bird, or how am I going to, you know, get set up in a spot where I know there's turkeys that are around, I can hear them doing their thing, and basically ambush them or or get get as close as I possibly can. I've had more hunts in my life that meant a lot more to me where I had to crawl on a turkey, and I know people, I know people kind of get been out of shape about that some purists you know get out of shape about crawling on a bird but my goodness man sometimes you got to you just have to do it you know um
2: well especially when you're squeezed for time like a lot of us are you know we have work we have lives we have kids you know if, if you want to and i feel like that really defines you know where you see some of these guys that They tag out yearly or they get close yearly, like four birds. Whereas you see the guys that they may kill one bird a year. I'd say 80% of the birds that I kill do not come into the gun goblin. Yeah. I have to work on them.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. I have to do it. Would you say that you kill most of the turkeys you kill in the afternoons?
2: Last year I did. Uh, by majority no midday, I'd say is usually when I kill most of my birds on normal years, but it's kind of changing. <laughs> it's kinda of getting to where I have been killing birds in the afternoon.
1: Yeah. How how would you say as far as mornings? How do mornings line up in as far as like when you've killed have you have you killed a lot in the mornings, I guess, is the right question. I'd say
2: more late morning yeah off the roost i rarely ever rarely i'm not one of those guys like roosted is not roasted for me because i'll roost birds do the exact opposite for what i plan on doing
1: (laughs) like every Every, time every time dude that's exactly what happened to me yesterday um i didn't roost the bird but i mean there was like 20 birds gobbling every I it was like every hundred yards on the the bank of that water there was a turkey, turkey goblin on every side of me. I mean, there were turkeys everywhere, goblin, and uh, I ended up getting on this turkey, this this bird that was goblin right at the, right as the the water met the creek and met the woods, and he was roosted right over that creek, and um, so his hen was his hen was yapping and doing her thing, and I think she actually saw me walking in. Because I wasn't far. I mean, I was I was really pretty close. But I actually thought the hen, and so this is what was funny, dude. I thought the hen was uh, another hunter. I was like, that sounds really crappy. Like, that's not a great hen call. That's got to be, that's got to be a, another hunter. And so I'm just kind of standing there, like, looking. And I'm like, where is he at? Because I know he's close. And then all of a sudden, she she flies down. She does a fly down cackle. And I see her fly down probably 50 yards away from me. And, uh, and I was like, oh, well, I guess, I guess she was real. And so I just sat down thinking that he was going to follow her. And if he landed fairly close to where she did, I was going to have him in gun range. And sure enough, that's what he did. He landed right in front of me at probably 40 yards and he was in some thick stuff. And then by the time I was actually able to lay eyes on him, he went up, up the, the river or up the, the hill He's probably at sixty or seventy yards at that point. I just couldn't make myself take that shot. And then ten minutes later is when that other bird came in gobbling like a madman. Um, that just tells you how many turkeys were around. You know, I had two opportunities at different different gobblers in ten minutes, and uh, that would have been probably as far as eastern Easterns are concerned. Uh, that would have been my first ever right off the roost. I I never I've never killed one right off the roost like that. Um, I've had a couple chances, you know, I've killed, uh, you know, around seven o'clock or so. That's probably the earliest I've ever killed one. But most of the time I'm like you, dude, most of the time it's between probably between 10 and four somewhere in that area, late morning to afternoon is when I normally kill them. And I think it's because of what you're talking about. I think that's why you, uh, you, you, you do well with that is because, you know the right move to make when when you got one that gobbles in the afternoon time, it means that he's killable. In my opinion, I, I think when they gobble in the afternoon, they're killable. Um, that's a surefire way to tell that you can you can kill that turkey. He may not gobble much anymore, but he was he was lonely enough to let out a gobble late in the afternoon when the hens are gone, dude. It's just that's just a magic time to uh, to get on one. And so I think you know for you kind of having that knowledge and that woodsmanship skills to know where to set up and to know how to call and how to walk quietly through the woods is a, uh, is a big deal in killing those late, late morning and afternoon turkeys. You know, I think it's, I think that's perfect. Um, So tell me about, tell me about you know, this and go ahead. You hear
2: people talk about, you know, when that bird gobbles midday, you know, he's dead or, you know, they'll still slip you. Yeah, Like will. I've, I have one bird in my head last year that, you know, he gobbled at like probably two 30. We could still hunt WMA in the afternoons and he was fired up and just every move that I made, he was just one step ahead of me. And he, he knew where he wanted to be. And I just had never seen this bird make these moves before. Like I normally get a chance to do. And he was headed to a little spine ridge, and by the time I kind of figured out where he wanted to be, there was no way I could get around him without him seeing me. Mm-hmm. So, they'll, you know, even though they're totally killable, you still got to play the game the right way.
1: Yep, you're exactly right. You can't, you can't just go in. That's why I said that. You know, because of your knowledge, woodsmanship, and things like that, you're able to capitalize on those, those afternoon late morning and afternoon afternoon gobblers you know you still have to have that that amount of skill you know to be able to to be able to tell where they're at and if you can't do that if you need to know i think in the areas that me and you hunt uh would you say that knowledge of terrain and how turkeys use terrain is pretty dang important oh
2: absolutely like i've actually related it a lot to down to the point that i've seen turkeys use drainages and things like that the same way that deer do
1: yeah absolutely i see that all the time i see them use i was talking to uh garrett prawl yesterday i went on his podcast and we were talking about turkey hunting and uh he was he was asking me you know in the south what do you what are some tactics that you think are good for turkey hunting i was like honestly being a good deer hunter is a pretty good tactic for turkeys out here when it comes to terrain vegetation habitat Things like that. I mean, I see more turkeys roost exactly like deer bed. I mean, it is it's insane. They they'll roost off those finger ridges coming off of a main ridge. Um, the only difference is is they don't necessarily need thick cover like a deer will. But as far as terrain, man, they'll roost right on it. Then I'll also see them traveling hard line transitions just like a deer does. They like, they like traveling those hard lines and um, that's worked out a lot, especially those like whenever it's, you know, eight, eight o'clock to to 10 o'clock or so. I kind of call that like a lull time. They're not really super gobbling a whole lot like they do early in the morning. That eight to 10, I was listening to, to Cuz Strickland talk about it and he's like, man, sometimes I'll just sit those out. I'll just find a good spot, good comfy spot to sit with sign in it. And I'll just sit down, you know, and uh, I won't get back to start running gun until 10 o'clock or so. But when you get to that time, um, most of the time where I end up setting up at during that time frame is going to be on some type of hard transition line. Do you see that in your area or in your experience with hunting that turkeys will do a lot of the same stuff as deer do when it comes to vegetation as well?
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. And in my mind, this may not be true. I'm sure somebody out there knows what the actual truth is. But in my mind, it's an escape route. You know, mm-hmm. if they're if they're running hard up against short pines, and you often hear gobblers gobble in short pines, you're like, what is that bird doing in there? You know, that's an escape route for him. He knows that he can't get caught in there. Yeah. He can. And if you a bird move through the woods that they're hard to see it if they're not at like ten or fifteen yards and they're not blowing up if they're trying to get away, it they're hard to see.
1: Yeah, they are. Yeah. There's no telling man, I mean how many how many times we just spook birds all over the place and had no idea. We're like, well there just wasn't no turkeys in the area. It's like, eh, Oh yeah, there may have been <laughs> they're super slick about
2: they're super slick about not making a noise sometimes, you know, just uh-huh. because they saw and they're gonna put
1: Yep. Have you ever seen them? I see them do that during during deer, deer season a lot. When I'll be you know set up in my saddle and I'll see a turkey three hundred yards off, and I'll make a move to get my camera on them so I can film them for a second. And they see it, man. They freaking see me, and they're gone. They just leave without making a noise. They run off. You're like, man, I know they were right there. Yeah. Where did they go? And I mean, their their yeah. their eyesight is so good. Their hearing is good too. I mean, it. I don't think that noise always scares them or always spooks them, but you know they can hear it. Like they're, they're, oh, yeah. When you make those little subtle clucks on a pot call and they can hear it, they gobble at it at 400 yards, you know, they can hear. They've got, they've got good hearing. They just don't always get spooked by it. if yeah, They can't see it.
2: I was explaining that to my buddy. The other day I took a guy hunting, you know, and he's he's getting into it. And I was explaining to him, I'm like, man, you know, I've hit one of these talk calls, just a super soft calling and a bird on a whole other ridge gobble. And then get him to respond to it again. And it really just set in that that bird can hear that far.
1: Yeah, for sure. They definitely can. Um, so So tell me that this is a hard transition to the next subject. But you killed one turkey on private land. It was a pretty textbook hunt this season, from what I from what I understand. Am I wrong about that?
2: No, it was. It was a. It was a good one. It was one of the right off the roost birds.
1: Yeah. It was early opening day, right?
2: Yeah. Opening it was day. opening day, and uh, the thing about it was the weather that day. There was supposed to be rain moving in. Well, where that. I was actually thinking about driving down towards your way, and I was like, well, maybe the rain will kind of skate that area up here, because it's a little bit south of where I normally hunt. Well, it turned out it did, but we got a lot of the thunder from it coming in. So when I was in there, got in there that morning, and I've hunted the place two years ago, three years ago, I hunted a good bit. So I kind of know it's not very big. It's like 200 acres. If a bird's roosted, he's going to be roosting in a certain spot. He's going to be headed to a certain spot. So I just set myself in between those two places and the bird gobbled on the roost one time. I was like, okay. So I know he's there. Well, then, you know, it was a, it was silent for probably 15 minutes, 20 minutes. And when that thunder rumbled, it was like a switch flipped in him. He gobbled two or three times, you know, right, right there together. And I was like, all right. So I picked up my pot gall, just hit a cluck and as soon as i did just boom he cut me off and here he come running hmm. and that was the end of that
1: that's awesome that's once you dream up man <laughs> it's like oh yeah it's funner to tell the stories of the ones you had to work for but when you wake up in the morning to go you're like man i hope i kill one quick i hope i, hope I don't have to oh, work yeah. for this thing
2: <laughs> yeah so a lot of people don't understand that when people like us turkey hunt it could be a two mile day or it could be a 10 mile day. And sometimes there's a 12 mile day in there.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, I told you, I told you beforehand and I think I mentioned it earlier in the podcast last year, I put on easily over a hundred miles on my boots and, and that's not even including kayak miles that I put on just floating, trying to listen for something a different way, you know? And, um, I mean the ones that I the the days that I that I killed I didn't really have to go all that far. I mean especially the the second bird I killed last year in Alabama. I really didn't have to go very far for that one. I mean it was it was a relatively easy easy hunt. I mean I still went probably 8 or 900 yards from the boat, but it was relatively easy compared to some of those days where I mean you walk and walk and walk and walk and just they're like, why do I like this? Why do I enjoy this? Why is this fun? Why am I here? I could be at home doing yeah. things that matter. Yeah. You know, and I'm just going to sit here and walk through the woods. And,
2: uh,
1: yeah, it's just, it's hard to get up and go. And knowing that statistically, that's what you're going to be doing. You're just walking through the woods. You're just taking a hike. That's about it with a whole bunch of camera gear and gun. That's pretty much what I it's like I'm going on a weighted hike. <laughs> that's all I'm doing today. Um, And, uh, but you're, you're exactly right. For a lot of people, um, a lot of people have the, and and I, and I do not, I'm not putting people down that have this. I would be doing it if I had the luxury. They, they have the luxury of getting out of the truck and going to a spot where there's a lot of turkeys at and listening and hearing one and then walking to the field that they're roosted over and setting up decoys and shooting one. I mean, that's, that's how a lot of people turkey hunt. That's. That's how TV portrays turkey hunting. I didn't I didn't care anything for turkey hunting when I was growing up because that that just wasn't that didn't sound like anything I really wanted to, to do. Now, I would do it. <laughs> if I had a place to go at this point I, that I could do that at I would 100% be doing that but but that's not my reality. My reality is is I'm gonna go and I'm gonna work probably harder for a turkey than I'll work for any deer in my entire life and i'm just going to walk a lot. Uh, so you're exactly right, man. and it is uh there is something about it though where when you put in that amount of work it's just it feels so good whenever the stars align. it's such a good feeling. it it's unmatched by anything else. um do you feel tell me tell me this, jordan, do you are are you a are you a turkey hunter that likes to deer hunt in the off season or are you a deer hunter that likes to turkey hunt.
2: I'm a turkey hunter that likes to deer hunt, but it's. They're to, two totally different feelings for me. Uh, turkey hunts for the soul, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it's, when you got a spring morning, you've got four, four, four or five birds gobbling around you, and you're just sitting there, and it's. 50 degrees in the morning that's what life's about yeah i mean for me if i couldn't do that i really wouldn't want to live life anymore <laughs> but but i do deer hunting is growing on me a lot i mean there's there's certain aspects to it i love deer hunting i love shooting deer i like getting to them you know i like the aspect of it the chess game of it but man, there's just something that a turkey does to me. I don't know. I'll wreck a vehicle trying to look at one.
1: <laughs> I told somebody, I told somebody who's not a turkey hunter that the other day, I, it was a lot more raunchy the way that I put it up. But basically, I said, uh, I said, "Hey, be looking in those fields, see if you see a strutting turkey out there." And he's like, "Why? You can't even kill one right now. It's not even season. This was like a week before, a week or two before season started." And uh, I said, "Listen, I said, I know you're not into this stuff quite as much yet." But one day you're going to understand this when I say, and I said it in a raunchy matter, manner so people can can have an imagination and guess. But I said, there is nothing that will make you more excited than seeing a strutting Tom out in the field or listening to a turkey gobble. And, dude, sure enough, as soon as I said that, this long beard runs across the road. And, uh, <laughs> and he's, like, looking at me weird. And I start <laughs> screaming and yelling. I'm like, ah, there it is. You know, it's getting me jacked up. I was getting fired up about it. Um, but you're exactly right, man. I mean, I hear people talk all the time about once you go to Colorado and you hear an elk bugle, you'll be thinking about Colorado for the rest of your life. Um, trying to recreate that feeling. And that's, that's how it is for turkey hunting. For me, it's like yesterday, whenever I was in Tennessee and I heard all those turkeys gobbling, it was just like, man, I will live the rest of my life just dreaming about this morning, you know? And it's like, I love to deer hunt deer hunting deer hunting is my thing like I feel like I I feel like I can go and find deer relatively quickly I'm a I'm a more seasoned experienced and better deer hunter than I am a turkey hunter but man whenever it comes to mornings like I had yesterday even though I didn't kill anything I it will always be a reference point in my life you know it's like That there I had, I'll tell my kids one time I was out there in Tennessee, as soon as I turned that boat motor off, man, Turkey, there was 20 turkeys gobbling around me. And, you know, I hope that I can experience that again one day. But I mean, at this point in my life, I don't think I've ever had a morning like that. And I'm 30 years old now. So, um, chances are that that was, that's a once in a lifetime day, you know, um, for me. Anyways, again, statistically speaking, for me, that's once in a lifetime day, but it's like, you know, I've, I've had days where I've seen 30 and 40 deer, you know, stuff like that, that, you know, kind of live on in my memory where you just like, man, one morning I was out here and the deer were just running around everywhere. And that was what yesterday morning was like for me, for turkeys. I'm definitely a deer hunter that turkey hunts, but like you said about deer hunting, turkey is, it is ever evolving in my mind and in my heart like it's it's i could see one day me being 55 60 70 years old being a diehard turkey hunter and deer hunting is just something i do for fun in the off season you know i could see that being the case when i'm older you know, and uh you know it's
2: hard it's not hard for many people like you know they grew up they saw bambi you know they've looked out in fields and probably seen a big deer walking by But there ain't many humans walking Earth that have got to go sit in the woods and hear a bird gobble at 60, 70, 80 yards from you and just shake you.
1: Mm -hmm. And you're like, whoa. (laughs) Whoa. Isn't it something, dude? Like when you hear them, when you hear them gobble that close, and it's like, it's it's got such a different sound up close than it does far away. It's like, when you can hear that that chatter Uh uh-huh it's the chatter it's that high the high pitched part of that gobble that you cannot hear far away you know when you're just sitting out on your porch and you hear one gobble but when they gobble right there in your face dude and you can like hear that it's the high end that higher frequency and the and the uh the like this almost like it's you can hear the spit in his throat you know oh yeah it it gets you it gets (laughs) you man it's something i feel like every
2: person get to get the experience once yeah i mean just for the pure the pure beauty of nature that you know people don't realize that things like that happen uh-huh i'll tell you like i'll uh, be sitting up what's go ahead. happening
1: where are the birds gobbling at <laughs> yeah yeah so dude you know the thing that i mean talking about goblin and things like that like that's that's all good but the there's one noise that i i hear very um S- Seldomly, I don't hear it just a ton, but that's drumming. When I when I heard a drum the f- very first time, it was actually the very first time I ever called in a long beard, and uh, I was telling that story to somebody today. Um, is really what hooked me to turkey hunting in the first place. And I'd been working this turkey, this bird. He was like three hundred yards off on another piece of property across the property line, and I could see him over there on a ridge, just strutting for some hens and doing his thing. And I was just kind of sat down just so I could keep my eyes on him. And uh, all of a sudden, he he broke loose and started coming my direction. And, I, I mean, I was excited, you know. As long as he was gobbling, I was going to keep making noises at him. I didn't, this is my, like like I said, it was like my first year hunting Easterns. And um, I didn't really know what I was doing all that much. Well, his gobbling was getting closer and closer and closer. Then he just stopped. And I was like, well, crap. That sucks, you know. Just counted as a loss, another loss for me. Well, what I didn't know at that time was when they when they're doing that and they stop gobbling, it probably means because they're dang like covering ground trying to get to you. And all of a sudden, dude, ten minutes later, I, I caught me off guard. I just hear this loud bass drop right behind me, and I was just like, "What in the world was that noise?" And I look over, and literally like ten steps behind the tree I was in. That bird is just puffed up, strutting right there, looking around. And uh, I didn't kill that bird. He was behind me, and I tried to make a move on him, and he just ran off. But that noise, that drumming noise is what really got me like, oh, it got me hooked to it. Do you hear it a lot, where you're at? Man, I actually think
2: I have trouble hearing it. And I it's such a – it's a shame because – i know people who can hear it at like 50 60 yards and yeah. i think that it helps you kill in a way but i've heard one bird do it and i was in tennessee on a buddy's lease with a bird with hens he was on a green field and i was trying to talk him through how to crawl on this bird like when to move when not to move which was a struggle all in itself and uh the bird was drumming. And it was the first time that I heard it was last year. And I was like, Whoa, this is cool. You know, yeah. but like normally, you know, in the areas that we hunt, it's you're in little hills and dips. And I think it blocks a lot of that sound out.
1: Yeah, for sure. I agree. I definitely think it can do that. And sometimes it's so subtle. Like, uh, my buddy Walter was talking about it the other day. He heard it and he thought, he thought it was like a truck coming down the road, you know, with heavy bass playing like you just it's not a noise that you really um pay a lot of attention to or that you're listening for all the time i find that whenever i'm listening when i know there's a turkey just up a hill or something like that or if i have my eyes on one that i'm watching that's when i usually hear it and i think it's because i'm looking i'm listening for it and i'm i'm more aware i'm quieter the only thing i'm thinking about is that bird and um that's when i find that you know, I hear, or if it's just like right up next close to you, but, uh, I love that sound, man. That's one of those sounds that just puts, uh, it makes the hair on my arm stand up. Like I just, I love that one. Um, but kind of switching gears a little bit. What, tell me the story about this bird that you killed this afternoon, because I think it's a, it's a cool story and it shows a lot in the, in the way of persistence and really not giving up even after you've had a pretty tough few days of hunting. All right. So obviously I was like down your way this morning
2: and I'm just bound and determined to try to drag a bird off that place. I think it's just like a feather in the hat thing. I got to do it. I don't (laughs) know why I do it. (laughs) Well, I was down there this morning. I heard a bird gobble forever off and I was, I was sitting there hoping I'm like, man, please be another bird gobbled, like, closer, because, like, I don't really want to, I'm going to have to make this walk if he's the only bird goblin. So I sat there for a minute, and he gobbled, like, two times, and there was 18 wheelers coming down the highway, so I was having trouble hearing him. So I literally start to head that way, and a hen kicks up right below me in in the bottom, and I was like, oh, yeah. it's like, here we go. So I sat down, set up, and uh, I start getting her mad, and she is super mad. I was sitting there thinking, hopefully, she's got a gobbler with them, or she's going to pick one up real quick. Well, she works her way up to the field, and the whole time I'm sitting there thinking, I'm hearing two sets of footsteps, so, you know, I'm prepared to shoot. She gets on the field, and she stays on the field for about 10, 15 minutes, just wailing, and another bird never gobbles. She finally walks her way back off, and that was the end of that. And I get up and I'm just like, man, like I was really hoping that that was it. You know, a good, easy morning, quick. Well, in the back of my mind, I knew that I could I could get to where that bird was. And I was just kind of fighting myself about it. I was like, man, because he was far. He was super far. And he was up a really big ridge. And I was going to have to walk through bottoms and get the whole way. And there was a creek that was, I could hear it from where I was. So I knew it was roaring. So I finally told myself that I was just going to have to do it. So I made my way there and I set up in a general vicinity of where he was. And I stayed there for probably two or three hours, just trying to get him to strike up, not doing anything crazy, but soft calling probably every 30 minutes and then maybe kicking up once or twice. Mm -hmm. And he never. So what I've been doing is like, I know the, the WMAs are closing at one. So if I'm not on a bird by like 11, 30, 11, and today it was a little earlier than that. It was like 10, 20 maybe. I was like, well, I'm just going to go ahead and head out and jump to private back where I'm from and try to strike up a bird because I saw a bird yesterday on the private. So at, in my mind, I was like, that's probably my best option for trying to get a kill today. So I hit the road, got up on private. Set out there for a minute, just listen, let everything jee-haw on for a minute, and then I I hit the call a couple times, never heard a bird gobble, never saw a bird, I have certain spots on that place where I can kind of cruise and see if they're out and about, and uh, my wife had texted me and told me she only had one client today, but she wasn't going to be off till like 2 30 so i was like well i've got a couple hours there's a management area kind of across from where my private is i'm just gonna head over there for a minute and just see what's going on you know so i pull across the highway start to head up it's a a big mountain like a big big mountain i start to head up it and uh i saw three or four hens cross the gravel road in front of me alone and My gears got to turn and I was like, There's gotta be a bird breeding these hens around here somewhere. And uh temperatures right, everything's right. So I pull up on X, I'm looking, and there's a slot of small pines to like my left. And I'm like, I'm just gonna get off in there and maybe see what's going on. And I'll just start there and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dive super deep, but you know, I'll give it the college try. Well, I pull up to a gate down one of these roads that go into that pine thicket and it kind of hits the backside edge of it and I stop get out and I'm kind of arranging my stuff like literally just mindlessly like putting on my vest and everything and boom all of a sudden behind me at a hundred yards like right in a bottom right below me bird gobbles then he gobbles again and then he gobbles again and I was like are you kidding me like this bird is on fire so I'm, I'm rushing. I'm rushing. And I literally just like take my vest and throw it in my truck, get a mouth call out of it, get my gun out, make sure there's a shell in. And I walked like 15 yards in the wood line and I sat down. Like my truck is literally like dinging still because the doors open and the keys are in it. <laughs> and he uh, <laughs> gobbles again. And I clucked at him. And when I did, he cut me off. And I was like, oh man. Well, in the happening of all this i don't realize that i haven't turned the red dot on my gun on because i have a little cover that goes over it i just pulled that off and threw it in my truck and started moving well i haven't realized it yet but this bird is already at like 30 yards he's about to crest the top of the hill i finally get my gun on my knee he's at 20 yards and i'm looking through my red dot i'm like oh my god my red dot's not on well he's truck. This bird runs, like, 15 steps and at that point. Like, I'm kind of nervous. Like, well, I'm going to have to shoot him. So I just shot him with no red dot, which his head had filled up a good bit of the glass and just rolled him right there. I mean, he was done, which I shoot a really open – I shoot a duck choke in my turkey gun. So I knew that I had a little bit of play, but
1: I didn't yeah. know how much. That's But crazy. it was crazy just how quick, how quick it happened. And it changes like that when you're a turkey hunter. And every, yeah. every season turkey hunter is going to tell you a story that's very similar to that. It's like I got my butt handed to me, just got beat up, tore up, just crap, you know, all day. And then I finally lucked into a bird. I didn't have to do hardly anything. You know, I walked 10 steps, sat down and he came in in 30 seconds. You know, every everybody that's been in the Turkey Woods long enough knows that that is a real possibility, but it's so easy when you know that the likelihood of that of it happening is pretty low, it's so easy to just go home. Be like, "Man, I'm tired. <laughs> I need to just get home." And yes, but making that one just kind of last effort to go in there and try to get on one ended up paying off for you I I can think of multiple days where I had another two or three hours to hunt that I could have done something very similar where I could have just went to a just gone to another gate and got out just to see if there was one close by and uh and I didn't do it because I just got my butt beat but there's just no telling man when you don't know where that bird's going to be at you don't know how lonely he is and sometimes it just that's the best decision you'll ever make is just go hit one more spot. Just keep telling yourself that one more spot, one more spot. And, uh, and it's super hard. Like a, a
2: lot of guys ask me, you know, when we walk these miles and it's some days it's hard for me, you know, if you, you know, you have a pre-planned place where you're trying to get to before daylight. So you don't hear birds there. It's, it is really hard to make yourself, push further in but you just never know it could be one ridge blocking you from hearing the birds or you know you might walk all day and not hear any birds but you might walk all day and then at 11 o'clock boom you get on a bird that's hot and it makes it all worth it and that's mm-hmm. kind of always in the background is you know if you don't try if you're only trying to kill the easy birds like i killed today you're not going to kill a lot of birds you may kill one easy bird
1: For sure, yeah. I mean, but that one easy one, to me, having those references in your mind of, well, it worked that one time. Anytime I'm able to use a scenario that has worked for me or worked for a buddy of mine or worked for somebody I heard on a podcast, anytime I'm presented with those opportunities, my confidence goes up. Even Even if it's just slightly, it does go up a little bit. You know, I talk about rain a lot because... Rain is a condition where a lot of people would not even go, but for me, it's. I've heard enough people talk about it, and I've had enough experiences in my life to know that rain is one of the only times that a turkey is going to be somewhat predictable. They're not yeah, very predictable absolutely. at you know on a beautiful day where they're gobbling great on the limb and all that stuff. They're not. They're not. They're just not going to be predictable. But rain, you can. You can go, you can have a pretty good idea of where those turkeys are going to be headed at in the rain. They're going to be trying to go to open areas, um, fields, things like that. Almost every time it rains and I'm in a place where there's turkeys, I mean, driving down the highway, you see them out in the fields right during the rain and, but especially right after a rain, you see them hitting those fields like that. And I mean, I like using that scenario. um, It gives me confidence. Now- That doesn't mean I kill every time I go in the rain, but it just gives me a little bit more confidence that I can, that it can happen in that kind of weather condition. So you're another
2: ask. Go ahead. Is, uh, and this is what uh, I piece things together, just like super weird things. I don't know if you've ever seen anybody drum for earthworms. Do Uh, you know what I'm talking about? They stick a stick. And it has ridges on it, and they just run another stick over it. And what it does is it causes a vibration that is similar to the vibration that rain causes. And that's what brings earthworms to the surface, is they think that it's rain. So they don't want to drown. So I think a lot of that, too, those open areas with that soft ground, is those birds knowing that they can go out and get earthworms.
1: Okay. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's uh, (laughs) a... That is a... I've never heard that theory before in my life but i like it it's different um it's just like it hit me one day like i was literally watching discovery channel i
2: was like because you know you're like you know obviously birds are going to try to dry out but you see them in the fields even when it's still raining and that's just the only thing
1: i can come to the conclusion to and i could be totally wrong but in my mind that's what they're doing (laughs) (laughs) hey it works if it works it works and that sounds like it works man um, but like your, your situation um, today is for me, the next time I go and have one of those really tough days and I'm ready to call it quits, I'm sitting in the truck and I'm ready to call it quits. That's one of those days. That's one of those stories that comes up your mind. Well, Jordan, it worked for him. You know, who's to say it's not going to work for me. I'm going to go to one more area and just get out of the truck and see if I can strike one up, you know, instead of just calling it quits, give it those last few opportunities for something to work out because you just don't, you never know when it's going to go. I, I, I say it a lot, but I think it's kind of the theme of this podcast that the best, the best tactic for turkey hunting is just go turkey hunting. Would you agree? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And
2: the thing about that is like you said, you're there to kill an animal and you've slotted this time. I, what I see, even in myself, a lot, if you, you've slotted this time, okay, I'm going to hunt hard till one p.m. when the manager because well, it's been a slow day. It's ten o'clock. You haven't heard a bird gobble. It's so easy just to be like, man, I'm going to go grab a biscuit and go home and like sit <laughs> and watch TV. or something. But it's there's no creation of opportunity there.
1: Mm-hmm. There,
2: there's so many days where I have been five, six miles deep and walking out empty handed, but I still go do it the next day because you never know. And that's just how the woods are.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right, man. I, I I can I can think of plenty of times where just going over that next ridge was the was the deal breaker, you know. Because I went over that next ridge I was able to kill a turkey. Because I was because I you know, went to that next um creek system in my kayak that was what killed that turkey. Just keep it on going. And like you said, I think people put in their mind that you have an allotted time of, if I don't hear turkey by this time, I'm just going to go home. And that's just not the, obviously, if you've got things that you're doing at the house or whatever, some things you just can't control. But if you've got time and you can be there, just stay until you can't. Stay until you you absolutely have to leave. And that kills turkeys. It kills turkeys year in and year out for a lot of people. And, uh, it, it's without fail. You hear people, if you're on any Facebook groups or anything like that, you hear people I about, I was about to call it quits and went to one more area and struck him up. It works. It's just the thing that works. So, um, dude, what's your plans for the rest of the turkey season?
2: I have got to drag a bird from down your area. I don't know why it is in my head. <laughs> but you know i've talked to several people that have over and over that have traveled the country that have literally said that's the toughest place in america they've ever been to drag a bird off of i'm bound and determined
1: <laughs> that makes me feel pretty good <laughs> that makes me feel that makes me feel justified i don't ever really want to be the guy that says you know where i hunts the hardest place to hunt because i think everybody thinks that about their areas um but where I hunt for turkeys, man, like I can kill deer on there pretty, pretty well and fairly consistently, but it turkeys. It's just like every single year, um, and to be honest with you this year, I'm just traveling distances. Um, I'm, I'm like, you know what? It's worth it to me. I'd rather travel and have a decent chance at killing a turkey and not waste all my time than go and sit and walk miles and miles and miles just basically wasting time. Um and it's it's working out pretty good for me so far. So I haven't spent a ton of time in there, but dude, it's like every year right before turkey season, I think this might be the year that I don't kill one because every time every turkey I've killed out there, I I feel like I just kind of got lucky. It was just yeah. It was just pure happenstance that I was able to be in that area at that time while that bird was gobbling. And uh, honestly, that's the way it feels. And so I would like to kill one on, on the place this season, but if it don't happen and I can kill a few more elsewhere, then I ain't going to sweat it because it is hard. It's miserable most of the time.
2: And that's, that's the thing is what, about me, uh, I should have already killed two other birds this season usually when i go turkey hunt i have some sort of encounter i get close i usually get close i haven't felt this far away from killing a turkey in many years <laughs> and that's kind of it's kind of lit a fire under me like you know i gotta they're here they're they're. i gotta kill one
1: <laughs> yeah it, i understand it man and there's people out there who can do it consistently i don't I don't know them. I'm, I'm, I don't know their names, but, uh, you know, I mean, there's people there's people that hunt the area that kill them. You know, they, they kill them pretty consistently, but there's just very few of those people. They, it's hard. It's tough and it, it, It's one of those things like, you know,
2: I'll make myself miserable just to have that feather in my hat, and I don't expect, most people to do it you know what i'm saying it, it's not fun yeah. like until you accomplish what you're out to accomplish you're not having fun this is a grind yeah but you know it's like while we hunt public land when i was coming up i didn't have the money for clubs or anything and actually if i ever did get in a club there were no turkeys talk. On. the only place i knew that i could go maybe here at turkey was public land so you know I didn't hunt public land by choice or because I saw it on YouTube. Cause this was before then, you know, I hunted public land because that's where I knew I could go find turkeys. And that, uh-huh. that's kind of just what grew in for me. I just public hunt that public land hunt turkeys I don't know any other way to do it. I have, you know, one or two private spots that'll hold some birds, but I tell people I like to, try to finish on private before I start public because it's two totally different mindsets for me. Mm -hmm. The birds act totally different. So I don't like to mix, mix those two.
1: Yeah. I mean, you got, you got different luxuries on, on private land too, just with access. It it may not necessarily be that the birds are acting different, but they have different, you know, they got greenfields that they can go and hang out in and not get shot at every single time they're in it. Um, you know, yeah, they they can do you, they get away with a whole lot more. They can be turkeys instead of just being running around, being pressured all over the place. That's a big. That's yeah, a big difference. It's not, it's not that public land
2: turkeys are harder. Pressured turkeys are harder. Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. Um, so I heard. I heard the other day somebody was telling me that they saw uh, a bunch of trucks at a campground down here on this place that we've been talking about and uh there was a bunch of people from like pennsylvania a bunch of license plates from pennsylvania could you imagine could you just for a second imagine leaving pennsylvania which uh, from what i hear has tough turkey hunting but i don't think it's anywhere nearly as tough um but getting the intel that this place is a great place to turkey hunt and taking taking your vacation uh, to come on out here for they, turkeys and then think if they had driven
2: just a little bit further like it's not day you know what i'm saying yeah
1: yeah it's just <laughs> i can't imagine how they like i hope somebody told them like no this ain't a great place to hunt turkeys at and they changed their plans because that is a uh, a waste a wasted trip for the most part it's, man, you man. talk about non-residents there's just not a lot of non-residents that are able to kill them because you really do have to you have to put in a lot of days and a lot of miles that's not to say that they can't that somebody can't get lucky you know and just be in the right place at the right time but typically you're gonna have to really work hard for those those birds um, but man it's getting late and uh, I gotta get up and go to work in the morning and I know you've got a adrenaline that you got to get rid of go to sleep and dream about turkey killed today i get to go to sleep and dream about the turkey that i should have killed yesterday so um maybe maybe we can change that pretty soon but man i do appreciate you coming on the show and uh and talking with us for a little bit and good luck man the rest of the season you only got three more tags left here in alabama so you better get after it Three weeks, three tags. That's the situation I like to be in. Is that all we have is three weeks?
2: Yeah. It, after this weekend, we should have three weeks plus. Dang.
1: Golly. All right. It goes man. quick. <laughs> all right. Hard
2: then. to take. <laughs>
1: Crap. <laughs> it's all talking to you, Parker. Yes, sir, man. Well, I appreciate you, man. Good luck for the rest of the season, and uh, thanks for coming on the show. All right, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. We could not do this if it were not for those of you who listen, and uh, I really do appreciate it. There's a ton of great podcasts out there, and uh, I'm super grateful that you have chosen today to listen to Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. I cannot tell you enough how much that means to me. Um, I hope you enjoyed that episode. I know I sure did. I love talking to Jordan every time I get a chance to. He's a uh, a turkey killing son of a gun, and uh, also he's a great dude. So um, that being said, just a uh, a quick reminder: check out Screegear.com, Tetherednation.com, Newcanoe.com, and SpartanForge.AI. These uh, these are the companies that support us. They support the things that we do, and likewise, we support the things that they do. I would not be telling you guys about them if i did not 100 percent believe in everything that they are doing whether it's making equipment or um, software or whatever it is i believe that they can uh, they can add value to to your hunting experience so uh, check out all those companies and again thank you guys so much for listening really do appreciate that if you're going to be out in the turkey woods or whatever else there is to do right now fishing morel mushroom hunting whatever you're doing remember that god gave you dominion over the birds of the air the fish of the sea and the beasts of the earth so go out and exercise that dominion we'll talk to you next week